I'm Adam Rappaport. Welcome to the Bon Appetit Foodcast. I'm joined today by two awesome chefs, Ed Lee from Louisville, Kentucky, and Kevin Gillespie from Atlanta, Georgia. Guys, thanks for joining me. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You guys are both from the South. I can't, we'll just call it like it is. Um, and I said awesome because you have an awesome new book out, Kevin, right? I do, yeah. Pure Pork Awesomeness just came out uh, a week and a half, two weeks ago. It's kind of like the best title ever, right? It's it's awesome, yeah. It, it is awesome. When I told them that was the title, they just said, I don't think that's actually a word, Kevin. Um, but <laughs> we went with it either way. It is now. And it's selling. You, you know that book's going to – you put pork and awesomeness together on a book title, and it's going to sell – you're guaranteed 100,000 copies. Yeah, right now it's actually selling incredibly well. It's uh, it's kind of blowing my mind. So that's good to see, though. Uh, well, congratulations Thank on that. You. And then Ed, you're what? So you're on a book tour right now, Kev. That's what yep. brings you. I'm to in New the York. middle of the book tour. Um, just uh, just left the West Coast, headed now back to East Coast, and hopefully uh, stay on this side of the of the country for a few minutes. So are you like flying solo when you're a book tour? Do you have like a crew? Do you have a posse? No, I have no posse. I'm the lamest. It's like I really wish that I had that crew to roll around with me, but instead it's just a one man show of a guy who looks really confused all the time. <laughs> I'm available if you need. <laughs> Perfect. I now have a posse. See, but you know how to roll, Ed. Meanwhile, this I was asking Ed what time. He got up this morning. It's like six a.m. I'm like, dude, Ed, what are you what What are you talking about? Because you're not solo right now. No, it's my. Fa- I take my family everywhere, pretty much. Um, you know, I'm on the road so much that if I didn't take them, I'd probably never see them. <laughs> and and so your alarm clock is. Explain your alarm clock. My alarm clock. I, I have not set my alarm in two years, and my daughter is two years old. So. And she's just bam. She's, she's up at six a.m. She's up six a.m. Ready to go. Uh, and we're joking about that. I think a lot of us on staff have young kids and like you are waking up whether, whether you were out till 3 a.m. the night before or whether you got to bed at 10 p.m., you're waking up at 6 a.m. She peaks at 6 a.m. Yeah. I bam. peak at 2 a.m. <laughs> we're off. <laughs> so where is your where is your wife factor in, in the middle of this? She's yeah. just, she's just running around catching us. Hopefully somewhere in the middle of the somewhere. afternoon. Yeah. So anyways, guys, food wise, I just want to talk about, you know, I ID'd you as, you know, Southern chefs and... My question to you, um, is, is that something that you wear with pride or is it sometimes like oh, the whole Southern thing again? And and because both you guys, you ha- your cooking is identified with that. You're sort of what you talk about. I mean, what's your what's your take these days, Kevin? I mean, I grew up in the South. My family's five generations now in the South. And so I, I do wear it as a badge of honor. I mean, I, I'm proud to be a Southerner. If asked, I would describe myself as a Southerner before, probably even before saying an American. Um, but the only issue that I have is is the misconception of Southern cuisine. I mean, because it, it means so much more to me and it's so much more in depth than just the, um, I don't know, the cliche dishes that people assume uh, is all the South is made up of. And Atlanta, where I'm from, has, has been a city of transplants for 100 years now, people from all over the country, all over the world. And so Southern cooking there is something that looks uh, with a lot larger worldview maybe than people expect of the South. Yeah, I mean, it's, Atlanta is a hub. It's a cosmopolitan city. It's, I mean, it, you know, if you've ever been to the Atlanta airport, it's, it's right. bigger than most cities in America. <laughs> um, there's a ton of amazing ethnic cuisine there. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's a dynamic city, and it's, it's not just a regional city, certainly. But in respect, Ed, however, you're not from the South. No, I'm not. Um, and, and so I think my world is represented in a slightly different way. It's, you know, a lot, a lot of the things that I sort of preach about or, or talk about um, when I go on tour is that, Southern, uh, the Southern food to me is a living tradition. And you, just to interrupt, but you grew up in Brooklyn. I grew up in Brooklyn. Moved so to the, the I'm, I'm fifteen my, years. Yeah, about a dozen years uh-huh. in the South. And um, you know, you take a tradition, and the minute you say that this is it, 
this is there's no other version of you know this food allowed but this version then the tradition is dead and you yeah. basically are looking at a dinosaur so you know i do a lot of research and i've traveled a lot and i do a lot of history uh, um sort of research on on the sort of roots of southern food whether it's from american indians whether it's from you know west indies from africa and you know to me southern food has evolved has never stopped evolving from day one you know i get what kevin's saying with the misconceptions to me southern food has always embraced outside influences mm -hmm. southern food has always had a love affair with things like coconut with spice trade with anything and everything that could incorporate um you know make their food better ed is exactly right about this you know i think a lot of people assume that because the south has not been overly embracing of outside cultures and other parameters of life that that somehow translates to everything and it's just not true i mean where it maybe has been a close-knit society in many ways food has not been the case food was always the open door, the open uh, avenue for people of many different walks of life to come together and commune with one another. And so when you look at the traditions of any one state too, because that's the other variation is that we can't just address Southern food and this whole area cooks exactly the same. Uh, my family, one side is from Atlanta and one side is from, you know, two and a half hours further north in the mountains and their food is night and day different from one another. And it, just with that small geographic difference. And so I think that the South is actually so much bigger, and as as Ed put it, it is a living history, and it's one about embracing um, the mentality of how to approach food through the Southern vernacular, not just replicating the dish that we all think like that's exactly how that has to be done. Well, I think it's an interesting point that you bring up about food is something that brings people together, and it's they share uh, sort of special times with, and they celebrate over, and it's just and and regionally, it's just you see that in Italy, like the difference between. Food in Piedmont compared to Liguria compared to Puglia is very, very different, even though we think of it all as Italian food in right. quotes. Um, Ed, what, so you, you took over Chef at, at, at 610 in, in, in Louisville in 2002 or so? Or? 2004, Four? Yeah. Like what? So do you remember, like, what was it that made you sort of fall in love for, with the South? Did you fall for it immediately or did it sort of well, take I a while? Well, I came down, um, actually, it's interesting because we're in the World, Cent uh, World Trade Center now. Um, the biggest reason for me leaving New York because I had a restaurant in New York um, was because of 9-11. Mm. And I went down, I took a, you know, sort of took a road trip uh, around the country and I just landed in uh, Louisville, Derby time. Um, and well, good time to lo land. and behold, you know, <laughs> there, there was there was bourbon, you know, pretty girls and, and dresses and hats. And, and I was like, this place is pretty good. Um, <laughs> so I ended up, I mean, it, it is as simple as that. I ended up staying for a little bit. Um, and the hangover sort of wore off. Um, and I just really fell in love with it. And I felt like this was a place that I could hang for a little bit. I really didn't think I was going to spend a dozen years there. Um, I was intending to stay for a year or so. But, you know, you know, you meet a girl, you get married. Next thing you know, you open more restaurants. <laughs> so that, that kind of just all evolved. So that's how it works. That, that's how it works. Ed just summed up his business plan in very short order. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. But I think what, what's fascinating about, you know, both your sort of careers and, and restaurants um, is, in one sense, it is sort of pridefully Southern. In another sense, uh, it's it's dynamic and adventurous. And I'm looking at your menu at Gun Show for this week of, of mid-April. <laughs> and I see everything from shakshuka, which is a classic sort of Israeli tomato-y egg-baked sort of dish. There's a purple potato gnocchi. Um, you know, the, you, then you have fried chicken on there. You have a duck confit bulgogi, which is a Korean dish, which adds, you know, it's a, you can, it's just, you know, well, I just think how does that, it work? You know what? It's, it's funny. Um, 
Southern food right now is just in such an evolution period. And I think that um, regardless of whether you were born there like myself or if you came there like Ed did, I think that um, everyone's excited right now because one of the great things about the South is that it has always been pumped about cooking and about great food. And so that's always been a cornerstone of, of just society in general. And so right now is the is a time when a restaurant like Gun Show that doesn't fit inside the parameters of anyone's, I guess, standardization of what a restaurant is meant to be. Uh, it can live and breathe and and be representative of the South that we currently live in, which is one that's evolving and changing and, and trying to figure out exactly what direction it's going in. Um, in, in many ways, I, I look at Southern food and I don't see it really being de- defined by ingredients uh, as much as it is as an attitude. Yeah, what is that attitude? When I think of like Italian food, I think of like, all right, really good ingredients treated simply. How would you des- describe what southern food is you know to me like you know you and it could be at someone's house or a restaurant but there is that mentality it's it's to me it's abundance mm-hmm. i mean you never go home without a you know unclipping your belt buckle a <laughs> couple of notches um it's about revelry it's about community um you know it's about hospitality um and there are ways that i think there's a lot of restaurants you know run by uh um you know chef driven restaurants around the south where you're taking these sort of notions and attitudes and wrapping your arms around uh, the guests and saying, listen, come here, I'm going to give you a big hug, I'm going to feed you, and we're going to have some laughs. You know, it's that. It's like we take our jobs seriously, but the, the restaurant doesn't take itself too seriously. Right, exactly. It's, it always still has to be fun. It has to be that, that celebration. Because, I mean, growing up um, where I was from, uh, my, my father's side of the family, they're you know, you're, they're your classic Appalachian dirt farmers, basically, and, and they didn't have any money. They didn't really have anything, but they always had a bountiful table, you know, and that was the time to celebrate life. And, and even when you spent the whole day working with your hands, just, you know, just grueling, as it were, that celebration was very important. And it was something that was never swept aside. It was, it was a tradition that stayed all the time. When you have that mentality and that philosophy, you know, are there times at either of your restaurants where you think a dish, mm, this one, this one definitely makes sense, but for what some reason, this one doesn't. You know, and at, in term, at six ten, how do you describe the cooking there? Because there's a lot of very sort from risotto to Madeira gelée. There's a lot of sort of high end European influence it feels, and and but so what qualifies, what doesn't qualify? And you know, we don't really define ourselves by ingredients or or what, you know. The, the words on the menu mm-hmm. uh, and again we try and we try and be a place where people can come in what we do is we try and take all those fancy ingredients and demystify it for mm-hmm. people that's we're all about demystifying the sort of the process of a restaurant of a high-end restaurant which is what we are um, and really just like people come in and they expect us to be stuffy and, and kind of snooty and and we come in and we're just like we slap people on the back and we, you know <laughs> have a joke and sit down drink some bourbon and let's get started um, and and those things to me matter more then let's say you know using Madeira. Yeah. You know, you know. Obviously, we 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 try as much as possible to use um, all the ingredients come locally um, or within a certain region. Um, but we're really kind of trying trying to stretch the boundaries of, of what people think you know a southern restaurant can can serve and offer. Both of you have done a lot of time on TV, uh, Top Chef, Mind of a Chef, etc. How important do you think it is to sort of maintain a TV presence at this point in your career? Who's taking this one first, Ed? <laughs> it's um, it's funny. Um, we've been sitting in these meetings uh, for weeks now. The whole the whole crew in Atlanta, um, trying to discuss what what direction we're going in. And so much of the conversation is that uh, when we're looking at uh, other organizations that have been really successful, um, 
what's made them successful is not ignoring anything basically. Um, and so they don't leave any stones unturned. And so nowadays in a world where, where we have such access to one another and where we're wide open, where people get to see into the depths of everybody, um, every day, you have one of two choices. You can either try to button up and hide away from that, which is probably not very smart to do, or you can open up to that embracing, um, sort of a wide array of people knowing what you're doing and being aware of it. And, and say, all right, well, that's going to be cool. And so I, I guess the way that I see it, at least, is that although I don't personally watch a lot of television, um, I want to be available to the people who follow the career that that I have so far. And that nothing really makes me happier than when I go on the road and I meet someone and they go like, I really appreciated what you said about so-and-so, or I loved that dish that you made, or it reminded me of something my grandmother did. Just evoking emotion with people and finding that even though you've never met this person and they live thousands of miles away and your lives have absolutely nothing to do with one another more often than not, there was at least that one moment of connection. And so the, the brilliance behind television and, and about social media and kind of the world we live in today is that hopefully we're all starting to understand that despite our differences, we're really quite similar to one another. But it, I mean, as you, well, as you both know, it, 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 it's not easy to run a restaurant. No, much less multiple restaurants. And yet being on TV takes a lot of time and effort. Ed, how do you how have you handled that? It does. I think right now we have the privilege of being more picky, mm -hmm. you know, and I think um, as Kevin and I shared an experience, um, there are times early in your career when you do television and you are told what to do. Yes. And, um, you know, I right now I've made a decision that I won't do any TV unless um, I get to call the shots. So it really narrows down your selections. <laughs> So I only do things when it's really important to me and I can really get um, my message out there. So if it's not, then I just, I turn it down. And, and that really makes it, um, if you're gonna take the effort to do it and it is time consuming um, and it is exhausting, uh, you may as well do it when it really counts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last year we were looking over the notes just a couple days ago and we had 80 offers for shows last 80. year, 80, eight, eight zero. Uh, and I did zero of them because I refuse to do disparaging television. I won't do something where we're putting other people down, where we're mocking someone's hard work. Um, it, you know what? I think this is another part of Southern mentality. Like I, I was raised to rejoice and to be positive and to be uplifting and to always try to to have that, um, I guess, that view of the world. And so, um, you know, I want the television that I'm a part of to be reflective of that. Um, and so moving forward, that means trying to find opportunities to do great shows. Like Ed's, Ed's show, The Mind of a Chef, was, was phenomenal because it was something that really opened up a world that not everybody knows as much about, um, but maybe has interest in. But also it was something that was wrought with positivity, and it was something that that made you feel good about the job you had chosen for people like me and the guys who work alongside me. Um, and it also made you, if maybe you have nothing to do with the food world, to see that we're trying to embrace something that is really about um, celebrating life um, for everybody. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, there, there's a lot of negativity out there. You know, a, a lot of TV turns uh, cooking into a sport. Yeah. And with it, the competition and the negativity. And, you know, listen. We're but, you, both, but you guys have done those shows. No, we're both guilty. We have. Right? Yeah, I, absolutely. It's not like I don't mean to sound like we're casting stones because we certainly have both done it. But honestly, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have a fraction of what I have today were it not for Top Chef. But um, by that same token, now that I have have that opportunity, I can be a little bit more thoughtful about trying to make sure that the, the the choices that I make are ones that hopefully shine a really positive light on everyone who surrounds me and every, every day. And honestly, I, I just want to hear the stories of what cool people are doing out there. I don't want to show up and just, you know, shred them apart. 
I, I think there are countless stories out there too, right? Which is why I think that format will never die. And and whereas I think the the negativity stuff is sort of running its course, you know, it, yeah. it sort of seems a little bit uh, uh, to me redundant. Um, but yeah. All right, guys, we're gonna a thank you so much for joining us here. Yeah, thanks. And at the World Trade Center in downtown Manhattan, uh, we're gonna close things out with our lightning round. Awesome. I love lightning rounds. This is the competition part, Ed. This is what oh, you're pumped about, it. right? This is yeah. it. No, but, hey, there are no winners and there are no losers. <laughs> I, need a, I need a Red Bull, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So here we go. Lightning round. I'm going to each ask you each the same question. There's no right or wrong answers, but if you answer what I think is wrong, I'm going to make fun of you. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Do we have to buzz in? Do we buzz in anyone? No, no. I'll just I'll each take your turn. Okay. All right. All right. So, so this is our special Southern, Southern edition. Okay. Pappy Van Winkle, underrated or overrated? Ooh. What's what's why can't you just say it's mm. it's as good as the people it's as good as the hype. You can say what you want. It's as good as the hype. Okay. I'm from Kentucky. I can't say anything. I know, <laughs> I know, I, and I know Julian, and so I would I would never. Um, I'm going to answer this with that that I think that the best of what they make is not necessarily the most expensive of what they sell. Mm. Yeah. What year do you, each of you guys prefer? Fifteens. Um, yeah, My I think. Juice. I think uh, I tend to prefer about 12 or so. I like it just a touch younger. So, Hey, did you say 15 is my juice? He did, oh. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got to start saying that. Cornbread or buttermilk biscuit? Oh, I'm a cornbread fanatic. Yeah, cornbread all the way. And it's all right. This is something that I think us Northerners get, get confused in terms of the sugar content of cornbread or no sugar. How no, does it work? No sugar at no. all. Not where See, I'm I, from. I, I'm always very controversial about that because it's no sugar. But then everyone I know that eats cornbread drizzles like sweet, sweet syrup all over mm-hmm. it. So it's like you're adding sugar anyway. But yeah, we don't. I don't bake it with sugar. Yeah, but we. But, you're but yeah, augmenting. We add, like, we add like sorghum and butter and all this crap on top. Fried chicken or fried catfish? That's not even a joke. That's a joke of a question. <laughs> I can't even respect that with an answer. <laughs> oh, I mean, listen. This is the birds dumb. are my juice. <laughs> Everything is Ed's juice today. Yeah. No, um, fried chicken. Yeah, clearly. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had some, I've had some phenomenal fried catfish, but, but excellent fried chicken is a transcendent experience. Cocktail hour: deviled eggs or pimento cheese. I mean, for me, it's pimento cheese. Um, really? And you'll notice the correct pronunciation of that of that word, pimento, as opposed to pimento Toe. cheese. Wait, wait, what did I say? You said pimento cheese. Well, what are you supposed to say? Pimento cheese. Pimento. Yeah, it's like, it's, we're cheese. Southerners. We run all of our it's letters just, uh, together. Pimento cheese. Yeah, pimento cheese. I said pimento. Yeah, ain't right, no, yeah. Ain't nobody's toes in that cheese. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pimento <laughs> cheese. Damn. What do you spread it on? Your mouth? I don't <laughs> know. Like, <laughs> Maybe, dude, are you a cracker guy? Is it bread? Like, how do you? I mean, it's kind of whatever vessel. Like, it could also just be a spoon and directly into your wow. mouth hole. Um, wow. Just kind of whatever you got. I mean, we grew up eating them as sandwiches. Um, you know, it, my my mother's side of the family would go kind of fancy with the crudite of the raw vegetables mm. with pimento cheese. Uh, that seems a little like you're churching it up a touch for yeah. me. But um, yeah, I don't really care. Just put it on whatever. Can I use that also to you sh- it up? You should try to see if you can incorporate all of these phrases yeah. into a single conversation with the next person you run into. It says the nice Jewish boy from New York. Man. Yeah, exactly. Why, why you got to be churching it up? Like yeah, that? go to Ross and Daughters and see, <laughs> like, see how that works out. I like to, I like to fancy and lowbrow my pimento by putting caviar on it, mm. but then serving it with a Miller High Life. There you wow, go. Wow, the champagne of beer. Yeah, well, that's classic. It's all you over the place. You can't, get hot, you can't get classier than Miller High Life. It's the champagne of beers. 
Come on. All right. Well, it's still cocktail hour. Um, a Manhattan or a mint julep? Ooh, easy. Manhattan. Wow, says the guy from Louisville. Oh, mint, Come julep, on. mint juleps are atrocious. Uh, wow. I did say that. I was hoping that, that Ed was going to say it. Um, yeah, the Manhattan is the far superior of the two drinks. Um, there are very few cocktails that beat a really well-done Manhattan. Um, the, li- the big lie in Louisville is that everyone drinks mint juleps once a year for the Derby because right. they have to. New Orleans or Nashville? Uh, I'm more of a Nashville guy myself. Um, right now, the food happening there is is excellent, and I and I think maybe the best meat and three in the entire country, Arnold's, is there. And yeah, I I'll and having been to both, like in the last month, um, I'm gonna go with Nashville. Are you a music guy when you go to either town? Yeah, totally. Uh, I like to get real crunk and have a fried bologna <laughs> sandwich at Roberts. All right, that's I, <laughs> I'm gonna incorporate that into my my vocab also. That's and, a, that's distinctly Atlanta. Yeah, the, so no, the I, term got, I got I got that going back to my Outcast days. Perfect. You know. I, uh, I love I love me Nashville, but I'm gonna go with New Orleans. I, I, there's something that is you know from a food scene, um, just incredibly, uh, um, just all over the place. So delicious, but there's something really seedy about New Orleans. Uh, totally, still, absolutely. Um, it's kind of like the lo- frontier. There's an unlawful sort of. Yeah, it's like this. it's like tourist trap, but then you know, walk a couple of blocks right. away and like you know, put your wallet in your back pocket. Yeah, kind yeah. Of. I, yeah. and it's always been that way. And that's the oh. beauty of New Orleans is that you're like this place has always been dodgy, and yeah. if it ever stops yeah. being that, then it's, it's just it's yeah. just ruined basically. I don't know you that well, Ed, but the thought of you <laughs> in New Orleans on the show, that's kind of scary. You know like it's never. It's I, like what happened to Ed's shirt? No one knows where Ed's shirt is. It's just walking down the middle of the street. I've never had a predictable night in New Orleans. <laughs> that was actually my never. idea for the podcast. Was we were just going to call people that I know have really good Ed Lee stories, <laughs> and we were going to have them just jump on and tell I a, one. I have a daughter now. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> why we we yeah. ate. Sixed it. Never happened. None of it ever happened. All right. Final question: Coconut cake or pecan pie? Did you Did he just say pecan pie? No, I said pecan pie. Okay. okay. I said I had a little. I had a little flair. You're still like heavy pecan, emphasis pecan on pie. that pea. Yeah, pecan right. Pie. Pecan. That's what I meant pecan. to say. But I. Yeah. I it's not pecan easy being the host, dude. Come on. Uh, Step off. You know what? It's funny. Like, um, I think from from being a Georgian, I'm supposed to be on board. Um, with both like equally because the the coconut cake is hardcore like coastal south. My family though it was always pecan pie, um, and that was the only pie we ever had. By the way, everything else was cakes and cobblers and various other desserts. Uh, and the one pie that we would have is pecan. Interesting. Ed? I'll do. Uh, I'll one up you and say what I'd like to do is have a slice of pecan pie with toasted coconut ice cream on top mm, that sounds nice that's, that's that's what i would do. right if it was really left up to me we would have both of them and then we would have some more desserts after that too because i have the taste of like a seven-year-old and then some pappy vent 15 yeah exactly and some fried chicken all the things we made dis- that right, we discussed i'm suggesting that perhaps we should go find all of those right now and that would be a beautiful ending guys thank you so much kevin gillespie ed lee thanks for joining the bon appetit foodcast thanks man thanks this is fun Hey dog, quit barking at me. You'll never see this face again. My work's through, my money's spent. So hey dog, quit barking at me. The Bon Appetit Foodcast is recorded to a digital device in the small conference room on the 36th floor of One World Trade Center in New York City. 
Our engineer is Mitra Kaboli, with production assistance from Bill Cushing and Carrie Polis, and is produced by Scott DeSimon. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or at bonappetit.com. Hey dog, quit barking at me. You'll never see this face again. My work's through, my money's spent. So hey dog, quit barking at me.